Welcome to Level Up. I'm Sherelle. And I'm Danny. And this is the podcast where we talk about health, fitness, and mindset. The power of self-talk. Exploring the impact of positive and negative in a dialogue. Today's topic. I'm excited to get into this one because self-talk is a massive thing for a lot of people, both positive and negative. So we really want to be able to dive into self-talk and, you know, both Danny and I obviously work with, work with clients and, you know, we've gone through our own journeys uh, when it comes to self-talk as well. And it's just a, a conversation that doesn't happen that often. Yes, only within, you know, mm. we all have that inner dialogue, whether yep. it be positive or negative. And I mm. feel like even though you and I, for example, we've gone through so many things in life, they say another level, another devil. Mm. And often that little devil voice oh, in yeah. your head is trying to stop you. Even yeah. with, you know, upgrading the podcast, you still get those nerves, you still get that voice. Mm. So it's just really about, you know, riding the positive self-talk when it appears, yep. be your biggest cheerleader, but then also what to do when that negative self-talk arises because it does for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I really wanted to highlight at the start of this episode that both Danny and I, we still have our own shit, right? Like we still have our own negative self-talk that pops in from time to time. But the difference is, is what you do with it. Like I know that negative self-talk one is like not even in a lot of people aware, uh, people's awareness. They're not even consciously aware that they're speaking to themselves in that way. And two, it just stops people from taking so much action. And I think that's such a shame because, you know, you, you're probably capable of so much more than you think if you just let that little voice just, you know, go away, sit on the couch. So I wanted to highlight that, no, we haven't figured it all out and we're still going to have our, you know, negative self-talk parts pop up from time to time to tell us, you know, don't lean into that, don't do that, or you're not good enough, you're not smart enough we've all got those pieces but I think it's so important to like name it and tame it talk about it and then yeah hopefully we can sh uh, share some strategies that we sort of do from a mental perspective totally and by no means are we psychologists or psychiatrists yep. you know so um, we're talking sort of surface level negative mm -hmm. self-talk we are very much aware that self-talk can be quite detrimental to people's mental health so mm. obviously we're not talking to people that need help from a registered professional mm. we're sort of talking to people who um, we know would resonate with our advice so if if it's you know a lot deeper um, mm. then we're not going to go deep in today's episode because we're not qualified for it but surface level negative self-talk we're here to talk about and how to overcome that yeah and then also just sharing our personal experiences too like I think you know that's that's probably more relatable and you know I've definitely got some like mental tactics that I sort of like to use to try and remind myself you know to lean in rather than leaning away um, but I think we should start by talking about what is self-talk so I'm not sure whether something comes to mind for you Danny of like what self-talk is and what self-talk isn't I mean I don't have an exact definition but I feel like that inner dialogue that is trying to guide you through life mm -hmm. and I think when you're truly present there's no inner dialogue but yep. that is quite rare to actually be like not having a voice in your head true you know so it for me it often comes on so positive or negative it often comes on when there's about to be an event or like there's an emotional connection mm. you know whether something amazing is about to happen I get that awesome positive self-talk um, of excitement but then yeah. if something that I'm nervous for happens or you know I don't feel too good then that negative self-talk arises too so for me it's very much emotional mm. I find that if I'm present there's no dialogue mm. I don't know if you get that as well yeah so like when you're present 
like in the experience you don't notice the voice totally because i'm so in flow or like mm. i'm just focusing on things in the room um i yeah it's very much connected to thoughts of past or future i feel that is so true um i mean like when we think about where we spend most of our energy it is in the past or the future it's really ever in the current present moment we're worried about what's happened or what's going to happen so you're dead right in saying that um, when i think about self-talk for me personally and what i notice in other people i feel like there's a big difference between like subconscious self-talk and conscious self-talk and i think what i really want to dive into today is more of the the self-talk that we don't know we're doing because i feel like that has the most impact the most detrimental impact but then also the most positive impact when it's there all of the time whereas like yes to work on any skill we need to make it a conscious behavior that's how we have to start with anything in life but the goal is to always i guess make it less less like less friction we want it to be easier to you know be our own cheerleader or to notice negative thoughts or to do those sort of things whereas if we're constantly trying to make it happen like that's more of a conscious act but for me i think self-talk it's the inner dialogue that you don't even know is there it's your beliefs it's your values it's the things that drive you whether you realize it or not yeah and your environment mm. you'd be you know you all notice that or you can notice that if you're surrounded by certain people yeah. or I don't know, just a social environment that can really change your inner dialogue, even on a subconscious level, based on perhaps not wanting to stand out of the crowd. So your inner dialogue changes or if you're around people that are quite negative, mm. you start to pick that up. Or maybe you might feel guilty for your mm. positive dialogue because everyone around you isn't. Yep. So I feel like environment plays a big role. But then also past experiences, you know, things we've gone through that maybe pumped up our confidence mm. or things we've gone through that, you know, we all have that high school experience where you may got made fun of or yep. something. And then your inner dialogue might follow that as well. So I feel like we can totally be shaped by the past mm. a lot. Yeah, I agree. Past experiences are probably going to be one of the biggest influences for our self-talk because Think of like when you were a child, right? Like when you were in prep or kindergarten, like you just didn't care. You were so confident. You know how kids <laughs> just say anything? Yeah. And they run up, they're like, mom, why she look like that? You know, and they, <laughs> they do these weird things. Kids are just like, they're, they're untouched, right? It's the influence of society and experiences and the people around us that honestly give us things to be cautious about. And I even think back, we were reflecting last night, Danny, about all the shit we used to do in our teenage years. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, we just never do anything like that now. It's too risky. Yeah. It's that sort of like, oh, I don't wanna say wisdom at 29, but it's like that perspective, that experience, that lived experience, that understanding that makes you more cautious, makes you worry, makes you anxious, right? Cause you know what could go wrong. And I feel like that's not a bad thing, right? We're not talking that that's a bad thing. It's just being aware of like, well, where does that actually come from? And then noticing how we want that to come through as well, because obviously we still want to take risks and, you know, maybe not as many risks mm -hmm. as 16 year old Sherelle did, but, you know, some risks that we can still have fun and still um, like, you know, lean into the things that we want to do. So I think past experiences, definitely primary school. I know we've spoken a lot about that in the past, <laughs> definitely primary school experiences. Uh, but then also I feel like our teenage years and early twenties, man, like I, I changed so much during, during that time. Yeah, I feel like you can use some inner dialogue to your power though. Mm -hmm. Like what you mentioned, as you get older, you go through more things. So then, I don't know, you are a little bit more careful. As you said, you wouldn't take the same risks that you did when you were 16. Yeah. I mean, with good reason, yeah. you know, so 
Um, I, I also find myself analysing things more than what I would have done. Yeah. We're not as sort of carefree, happy-go-lucky, but I feel like that if we're about to do something, that negative talk, or I suppose it's different. I don't want to separate. I mean, I don't want to blur everything, everything in one, but you do get that negative talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe this will go wrong because yeah. it's happened in the past. Now, there's a difference between an educated in a dialogue I'll, I'll just call it now versus something that's just stopping you from living life yeah. two different things but you know if you make a business decision in the past that's not ideal chances are that that memory will come up again if you're mm. faced with a similar situation so then you can kind of use it to gauge your next decision mm. but then you don't want the voices to come up to then just paralyze you forever yeah absolutely and i was just thinking back and i know we've spoken a little bit about like the neuroscience in the past but like your chimp brain and your professor brain like your chimp brain is there to protect you it's cheeky it's quick it's funny it's cute um mm. and that's what is i guess portrays that cautious self-talk that's like don't do that don't try too hard don't fail um and then our professor brain more logical more wise you know the the one the part of me that's not going to do the stuff that i did at 16 you know there's sort of two parts and that's why it's not self-talk's not negative it's just something we all have right and it's sort of like to what degree do we allow it to control our life our goal is to like encourage our professor brain to make more of the wise methodical decisions with our chimp brain reminding us that it's there and that we should be careful and we should be cautious and don't take too many risks and you know have a plan b etc all of those sort of things so i feel like self-talk as a broader topic is a lot of things but from the lens today that i would love to move to i think the negative self-talk is the issue that a lot of people have. It's the negative voices that come up that hold them back, that tell them not to take risks, that tell them not to introduce themselves, that tell them not to change careers, that just give them all these things. And I feel like that's something that I see so often in, in coaching, but then also my own friends and family. Do you know what I mean? It shows up for absolutely everyone. And sometimes you just need that mirror to go, hey, is that true? Or like, I don't know, like what evidence do you have to support that? So I feel like, we're going to try and do that for you guys today. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people just get used to having that dialogue. Mm. It becomes their safety net to not take a risk because yep. they go, oh, no, it's not going to happen anyway. Or they just get comfortable. So then it becomes a lot easier to be hard on yourself and yep. to find the problems. And you also notice people sharing their problems as well with other people. I don't know, we've all been in a situation where everyone's just gossiping or oh. you know talking about the news or something um really bad that's happened and i get super uncomfortable in those situations because although i understand it's their way to connect it's very negative mm. and i've never really been able to understand why people just love bringing up problems together then mm. agreeing on the problems and then everyone just ends up more uncomfortable at the end of the conversation mm. and they're like that was a great catch-up let's do it again next week and i'm like I'm exhausted. <laughs> Have you yeah. been in situations like that? Where, oh, 100%. Yeah. People do it to bond. Yeah. Like people bitching and gossiping, it sort of gives someone an attachment to another person to have mm. mutual grounds. It's what they, it's, you know, it's what they do. But I think when, when that happens to me now, right, I think, I wonder if you're doing this to me behind my back. You know, like yeah. it, it makes me question the loyalty of that person. So it goes, when you've got that perspective, it goes against why they actually do it. Whereas they're like, oh, they're just trying to find common grounds and they probably don't realise that they're doing it. So, True. yeah, I mean, like, and that just feeds into it as well. And I think one of the other big things, especially with like in a dialogue stuff is like social comparison. Mm. And that's just a, 
a reality of 2023 and like our generation and our time i feel like we're the sweet spot like as the the younger millennials where we know time without wi-fi but then we also know what it's like now to have it you know Mm -hmm. and i think somewhere in the middle where we didn't have all that stuff growing up and i'm so grateful that i did not have social media as a teenager i don't know i've ever asked my mum for facebook did you ever have to ask you i had to ask for everything because (laughs) they might have wanted to make a phone call we had to plug it in remember the dialogue so you had to ask permission literally oh can i use the internet now no someone so is gonna call in an hour (laughs) oh that dial-up tone yep yeah we're, we're definitely Definitely in that sweet spot. Um, we saw the emergence of all of that, but we also did have time without mm. being able to see what other people across the world were doing. It was just us in our backyard, yeah. you know, riding our bike. Um, and the only people around us were like the neighbours or people at school or then family, really. Yeah, absolutely. Something I want like everyone listening and even you, Danny, um, <laughs> to think about is like, what is your not good enough story? you know, when it comes to dialogue. Like for me, it's always been not smart enough. You know, we've all got a not pretty enough, not fit enough, not skinny enough. Like we've all got a not something enough story. And I honestly think it comes from social comparison. Like it comes from social media where we're like not smart enough in comparison to who, or it's like not successful enough in comparison to who, you know, we only have a metric by looking out rather than in when it comes to these days, because who are we going to compare ourselves to if we didn't have social media, right? And the unfortunate thing with social media and the positive thing does a lot of great things, but we constantly get to see what the top one percenters in the world are doing on a daily basis. And then everyone just automatically compares their body, their business, their worth to the one percent. And it's no surprise that we all don't feel good enough. So I feel like that's important to highlight because again, so much of it is subconscious. And if you guys want to shock, like go and see your screen time for how long you spend on Instagram or TikTok or social media. These platforms are designed just to pull us in and make us addicted like a pokey machine, to be honest. So I feel like being able to be aware of that and auditing your screen time, but your social media time, filtering that out is super important if you're going through this process too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the pokey machines and the news feed of your social media have the same features on purpose, mm. like scrolling. Have you noticed the slot scroll yep. and then our news feed scroll? Cause it's kind of like, what's next? I'll just hang on a little bit more cause something interesting might pop up or I might get the feature on the pokies. So it's deliberately the same yep. um, technology there, but totally. And I, I used to be a lot worse when I was younger, which I know it kind of goes against what we were saying, but I found that using because I, I didn't have much confidence growing up at all because it was my little bubble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was young. I didn't have money or I didn't really, I didn't feel like I had control of everything. I just had to wake up, go to school or go to uni. But then using social media, although there was that comparison piece to other people, but it allowed me to see the possibilities out mm, there. So I have a weird one where it's kind of like I have positive experiences from it too um, because it did allow me to see outside my bubble and look what people are doing interstate overseas seeing the possibilities but then you can find yourself falling into that comparison mm. because everyone's life did look amazing on social media so it wasn't until I started meeting more people out there who have life experience and yeah. you know obviously I haven't met all my favorite celebrities and all of that um but you you do meet people and then you kind of see their social media and go oh 
actually, I feel just really sorry for you because then as we get older, our emotional awareness increases and you start to recognize why people do what they do and why we do what they we, we do. And it's like, oh no, I actually don't want your life. Like not being mean to that person, but it's like, why was I so hard on myself? Cause mm. this person's so hard on themselves and that person's so hard on themselves. So you may as well just try and work on the relationship with you. Mm, it's yeah. so true. I think one of the best things I ever did for my confidence was meet the people I used to compare myself to mm. or meet the people that inspired me and be like, oh, like, no shade on them but you're not what i thought yeah you know like you're not what i expected um you're actually really shy and really like withdrawn and like i'm watching them try and get get the perfect shot you know and it's sort of like oh so you know the, w- the way things show up it's just not what it seems and i think everyone needs to realize that it's not what it actually seems like we all know that social media is a highlight reel but we don't i think we 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 don't subconsciously know it you know, we consciously tell ourselves that, but do we subconsciously, does our subconscious self-talk know that it's not a highlight reel? Probably not. And mm. I think it comes down, the responsibility is on you as well. It's like unfollow people that make you feel insecure, even if they've done nothing wrong. Even if they've done nothing wrong, like you can still unfollow them if they're just triggering you in the wrong way. But then also make sure that you do that U-turn because I've definitely heard of people that go off social media and they just don't use it anymore. And I sort of think, I don't know if that's necessary. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's necessary. I I connect with so many people. I obviously have a business now because of it. But, like, I would have no idea what any of my high school friends were doing if I wasn't on Facebook. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's where everyone invites everyone to yep. events, group chats, like, all those things. So, I feel like it's not, like, the problem. It's how you actually use it. But I just know a lot of people actually completely cull social media because they're like, nah, it's toxic, it's bad. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like that just means you might need to do a little bit more inner work absolutely because we see everything through our lens Mm. so obviously their lens is toxic yeah because as you said we do have control to unfollow the people that so-called make us feel bad but they might just be living their everyday life and it's actually us that has the toxic thoughts and when it comes to actually reframing those negative thoughts the first piece that we put down was awareness Mm. realizing hang on a minute I'm using a negative dialogue and it could be a lot of people use a negative dialogue for motivation you know in the gym they say such bad things they talk themselves down to get that activation energy and and that's what it does so a negative inner dialogue that is used for taking action Mm. brings on that fight part to yourself because it's not nice and then you say something not nice to yourself you get that activation Mm. energy and then maybe that does get you out of bed into the gym and maybe that does make you push out the extra reps and maybe it does keep you working hard but it comes from such a toxic place Mm. you know we've all seen not we've all i gotta stop saying that but i've seen an experiment (laughs) where they had two plants and i may have brought it up on this podcast before we've done that many episodes plants like literally plants oh in two pots and they labeled one like good and one evil same water same temperature same soil same plant they said positive things to the the plant labeled good okay like i love you and and it's all tonality as well Mm. really sweet soft tonalities and then in the the opposite area where you know the plants were separated they would say bad things to the the other plant over time and after a couple of months and everyone can google this it sounds bizarre but it's a real thing 
the good plant grew and thrived and the bad plant died and became, you know, discoloured, wintered, wilted and ended up dying. Is that legit? Legit. And it's with snowflakes as well. Plants and snowflakes. Yeah, the, the good snowflakes read our energy and our vibration as humans and formed beautiful shapes, Mm. symmetrical, you know, what snowflakes look like in the cartoons. And then the bad snowflake went a bit brown and then just asymmetrical. It is unbelievable. So it just shows we are water, we are energy and things outside of us Mm. can feel the effects. So imagine the effects internally. Yeah. Imagine like speaking to yourself, like your brain, your actual brain and how much that's going to do or your child. You know yes. what I mean? Like all of those sort of things are obviously going to have a massive impact. And have you read much of the work of like Joe Dispenza and a lot of his stuff? Like oh, yeah. our mind is so powerful, like not only for like the type of person that we become, but like the healing in our body, like how much we challenge ourselves. But that negative talk that you're speaking about to like, like push us, like people just go, yeah, it's discipline. And it's like, Ugh. like it gives me a little bit of like a cringe. It's like you can't make a positive sustainable change from a negative mindset or a negative place like you can't hate yourself happy you know what I mean you have to like you can't do it it's so backwards and I know like discipline is like one of those things especially in like the fitness and the business world it's like be disciplined work harder but it's like actually self-compassion is probably a much more effective and better way to be able to do like a you know a big circle and be able to develop the mindset and the habits in order to get there because how much better like even if you think about it if I like someone, like if, you know, I like you, Danny, obviously. Yeah. Like if you're too. a good person, how much more effort do I want to put in when we're doing something together? We all remember the teachers. Let's go back to school, right? Here we go. Remember the substitute teachers <laughs> that you did not like? How much <laughs> would you play up for them? You'd yeah. be like, nah. But then you have to like sort of the teacher, like cool teacher, that you're like, oh, they sort of bend for me. I'm going to bend for them. I'm going to yeah. behave for them. Like, God, I was such a little shit. <laughs> but <laughs> I just like, we're always going to outperform in environments or work harder for people that we like. Yeah. So why wouldn't we do that for ourselves? Like if we like ourselves, we're going to work harder, more efficient, better, and we're going to be more confident in doing so. Absolutely. Um, but I think like when it comes to awareness, most of us just live in autopilot. True. So we don't actually give ourselves the space to realize, oh shit, I'm actually using negative self-talk for motivation or you know, or maybe you're not even using it at all. It probably just shows up. So you need to give yourself space Mm. to let the inner dialogue become conscious, not just subconscious. So a lot of people can't sit in a room by themselves Mm. without scrolling, without, you know, calling a friend or you see everyone on the train or, you know, waiting for a flight. Everyone's on their phone. Everyone's distracted because it can be quite scary to just be sitting there with no distraction because that's when the voices come up. Yeah, awareness, right? Like Mm. you said, people just constantly distracting um, themselves. And even for me, like when we have new women join our community in the, the coaching circle and we sort of do group coaching calls as well, there's some sort of change that happens for people when you come into a circle and like the behavior, the environment's different. Because even if you think back, maybe circles that you've been in the past where it's like, oh, I feel so fat today. And it would be like, 
I don't know, people just like feed off each other's like negativity and they don't actually know that they're sort of talking themselves down in a group setting. It's, I feel like it's very common. When you then take one of those people and put them in a group where it's it's uncommon to use that sort of language and speak to yourself in that way, it changes you. Like it forces you. It's like, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to be the odd one out, right? Like social influence. It's like, I'm going to tell myself that I'm doing a really good job and I'm going to like accept compliments. And I'm going to lean into this. So I feel like being able to like put yourself in spaces where like you're... I guess behavior that you want is the behavior that's reinforced and promoted like that's a really powerful way to start shifting things totally tall poppy syndrome yes. right and they say australians are known for it mm. and it's true like sometimes it's easier if you're in that environment just to not talk yourself up because mm. you don't want to look like the arrogant yeah, one or arrogant. the cocky one or why are you so happy like you see people and they're like oh why are you why are you smiling and it's like should that even be a question <laughs> yeah i can't believe that yeah. that's a thing so you're why are you so happy yeah why are you so happy it's like oh god can i not be exactly so environment mm. Put yourself so, yeah, without making yourself feel bad though, because then you don't want to actually cover up that no. negative dialogue that's happening because you're around everyone so happy and then you don't want to just be that person who's genuinely upset because then you'll feel worse. So mm. it's a fine line. It depends on the depth of the dialogue. But if you're just saying it to try and fit in, as in if you're talking about the news because you're with a group who loves talking mm. about all the bad things that happen on the news, that's surface level. Mm. Change environments and then mm. talk about other things as well. So we're not trying to say that it's bad to have these feelings come up, but just how to address them because there's no such thing as no negative dialogue. Mm. It's just about knowing how to sort of tame it. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the episode, please share it with a friend or share it on your socials and don't forget to tag us. Environment's so important, right? Environment is the people you follow on social media. It's your circle. It's your family. Um, it's who you work with. Like, it's all of those things. And sure, sometimes we actually don't have control over a lot of those things. But if you said to me, Danny, like, oh, you know, like, I feel like shit today. I look like crap. I would be like, shut up. No, you don't look fantastic. You look hot. <laughs> we, like, we pep ourselves up, right? Like, all the time. And I think you actually need to find people like that. You need to find people that are going to like hype you up as well because we're all going to have like our little moments where maybe we don't feel fantastic. And then you, I'll take a photo and be like, Daddy, this looks so good, right? And you get that little bit of like kick and yeah. it's infectious, right? Like confidence is contagious. Like if you surround yourself with people that have genuine self-confidence, not like insecurities that they're just brushing over and they just genuinely are comfortable and confident in their skin for the majority of the time with their authentic self, it is contagious and when you surround yourself with a big group of people like that um that's when it's you start modeling it like role modeling is so powerful it's not it's not something that just happens by accident we do really heavily become influenced by the people that we surround or spend the most time with absolutely and it's just such a great feeling being with people who are genuinely yep. confident in themselves enough to compliment someone yes. else because not get jealous or yeah, yeah like genuinely wanting to see you happy mm. because it is so unfortunately common for people to be so upset with themselves that they don't know how to pay themselves a compliment why yeah. would they want to see you happy mm. it's it's nuts and that can even be i guess family. that is tall poppy syndrome isn't it it's yeah. sort of like they knock you down mm -hmm. so that they can feel taller and like you said it's so common in australia it's unfortunately so common in the fitness industry yeah. i don't know if you noticed that but i've definitely like tried to reach out to people to like ask for advice or you know certain things in the industry and i just find that a lot of people aren't willing to really share that much and 
I feel like it's very heavy in the industry that we're in and not so much in a lot of other sort of industries. I might be, you know, generalizing, but like I've got friends that are in different like industries and areas and then I'm like, oh, how'd you do that? Like, oh, blah, 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 you know, and they've just, they've just got wider networks. I don't know whether that's something that you sort of think or see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like anything to do with health and beauty and physical yeah. and just naturally you go back to that comparison side mm. of it. So that's true. I don't know, beauty, hair, makeup, it can all be a bit, um, yeah, it's just different, but I don't have experience in every single industry. So I'm sure it can happen everywhere, True. but I notice the ones that have to do with physical appearance, like pretty cutthroat. Mm, I think as well, it comes from scarcity too. Like, especially in maybe the online environment where everyone feels like they're competing with each other, which is just ridiculous. It's like there's enough food for everyone to eat. Yeah. I feel like scarcity forces people to protect, right? And even when we're talking about self-talk, that's exactly what those voices are doing, forcing us to protect. So people that are overly confident and they have like an abundant mindset, they're like, no, like there is enough food for everyone to eat. And my success doesn't mean that you don't have to be successful. Like I can share that. I don't have to keep my cards close to my chest. Um, and I understand, like I get it people don't they want to do that but I just feel like the most successful people in any industry are, the, are willing to help they love mentoring they love sharing advice they love sharing their lessons right and I just I just see that a lot the ones that are sort of like have that scarcity mindset maybe they're not doing as well as they think and it's probably because of this to be honest because it's like that you give and receive in the world too so if you give you're going to receive I generally believe in that and I just I just notice that a lot in the industry and I just feel like it's something to be mindful of like don't don't get hurt about it and be like oh well you know won't like screw them and I'll adopt it because I feel like that's what can happen it's like well I'm going to do this thing and I'm not going to share my secrets or how mm. I got there or anything like that um, or give advice to other people up and coming um, yeah I just feel like that's something we need to like eradicate but it does start from your own limiting beliefs and self-talk as well absolutely and you mentioned sometimes you have those voices come up um, for you mm. what do you do when that happens or what have you done to build your confidence from you being younger to now because obviously you don't have the problems of that scarcity mindset and you're willing to pump everyone up and you've built you know these communities where everyone we all celebrate each other mm. so what kind of got you into the position that you're in right now mm. God, good question <laughs> I feel as though experience was one thing like recognizing that feeling vulnerable is not a bad thing and being okay to lean into that and then being positively reinforced by doing it so i had a lot of success right and that's from me thinking it's success too it's my own mindset but i had a lot of success early on from taking risks and putting myself in vulnerable situations and reaching out to people and taking a chance on myself and feeling insecure and feeling like an imposter but doing it anyways i had a lot of early success from doing that so i think I was lucky that I was reinforced that, hey, like you might feel worried and you might feel nervous and you might feel really insecure, but you got to do this, you know, and it's going to pay off. I think I had that really early on. The second thing is I had an amazing support network around me. Um, I didn't have a huge network, but like I had my partner, I had supportive parents. Um, 
that was probably it. Good. <laughs> to be honest, that's all you need though, right? Yeah. <laughs> One person and, and your family to support you. Everyone else is like, they'll come along for the ride when you get there, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I had good support around me that I could communicate with. And Luke was like my rock during that time. I'd be like so nervous right from the start because like even with the competing thing like I didn't tell anyone didn't have any friends in that space changing careers like he was always really supportive so I am I've had a lot of luck in those areas too but I think the one piece that I would like in hindsight I would just say about we all feel that regardless imposter syndrome is a completely normal thing to experience if you're trying something new or if you're stepping outside of your comfort zone because that's exactly what it is imposter syndrome is doing something that you almost have a little bit of belief that you shouldn't be because that's the truth so I feel like that reinforcement early on was really good however I still get that now like I still get that now this yesterday I was so nervous recording right (laughs) I still get that and it's just like you said another level another devil so I feel like I've associated a positive mindset with the feeling of imposter syndrome or insecurity or whatever it is just that uh, that little thing that makes you want to take action I've reframed that to be something that I seek out because I now associate it with success yeah so that's what I do what about you like what helped you sort of go through because I know you've shared like from high school that you were sort of quite reserved and then now you know what's changed since then yeah thank you and awesome share from you just the power of supportive networks Mm. and and just taking those risks as well but um yeah I mean the reserved nature in high school only came from being put in a box as a kid I was always like dancing singing filming myself like with our old school cameras you know like maybe a k-zone camera that little tiny one you know but then i realized that being put in situations you know school society Mm. really turned me into a person or i'll take ownership i turned into a person that i didn't enjoy and then i just became a shell of who i was actually normally growing up so then i'm like stuff this this sucks why do i have to try and fit in with everyone why do i need that person's approval in my class like why are they allowed to call me these things Mm. when like i'm not Mm. i'm not that person that i've been labeled and then internally as well so it was tiny steps you get your confidence back by a removing the people that don't serve you in your environment and it's not always that easy so I found that leaving school I'm like see you later suckers like I'm gonna be me again Um, and then you just find people and it can only be a handful I mean you said Luke and your parents you know there's just a couple of people and and obviously you found like-minded friends along the way that's all you need people that don't question what you're doing or put you down and I recognize that no one really understood my drive and my goals because I was sort of making it up mm-hmm. as I went. I'm like, mm, this feels good. I'm going to go down this path. Oh, there's a wall there. I'm going to go to the side and keep going. Like no one could have an opinion on what I was doing because they didn't understand what it was because half the time I didn't either. I was just being gauged by feelings. And then when it came from a work sense, you know, providing services mm-hmm. that help people, made people feel good. And I got that reinforcement. Mm. And then I would save up money and then I'd go travel. So then I wouldn't feel boxed in anymore. And then, you know, I, and it, it is materialistic, but you know, I changed my clothes and my hair and I started feeling good about myself from the outside too. I learned how to put on makeup and mm. stuff. All these little one percenters that I feel added up to allow me just to be me 
free of judgment. Mm. So there was not really one flick of the switch. It was just tiny increments of little confidence builders mm. that I kept chasing because then it was an effect of external and internal though. It wasn't just me going and seeking external validation. It was like, I feel good on this path mm. and that's bringing me the external environment at the same time. So just a, a blend of everything, mm. but then also being naive and doing things oh, yeah. that didn't you know, allow me to overthink or didn't allow people to have an opinion. Mm. Like even for doing my first bodybuilding show, Everyone knew what that was. They didn't really think I would follow through. No yeah. one was invested. My family and friends, were, they were kind of like, okay. And then I just went off and did it. And then mm. we found each other, things like that. So I didn't actually give people an opportunity to question me anymore. Yep. You know, my parents didn't really understand. It took them like eight years, so three years after I graduated to even know what an osteopath was. Yep. No one knew, but they were just supporting. They're yep. like, you're happy doing all of this. Well done. We're going to support you. We don't understand what the hell you're doing, mm. but we're just going to support you. So a blend of everything, I feel. Yeah. And I think we're both lucky because I do want to acknowledge that not everyone has that no. as well. Like people in their corner saying, I don't care what you want to do as long as you're happy. I know that a lot of people have pressures to sort of like excel and perform and have all of those things as well. But we don't get to pick. Do you know what I mean? It's just luck of the draw. And whether you've got that or not, you can find it. Do you know what I mean? You can sort of like, I know I know, we don't never get to pick our family um, as well. And I've definitely got family that I don't talk to, mm. but it's like, you, you've got to be able to, you, you can still curate your environment. We still get choice of how much time and energy we spend with certain people. You don't have to give everything. And we also get to choose whose feedback um, we take on as well. Like everyone's gonna give us feedback, whether you want it or not. Everyone's gonna give you advice. It's their own shit, right? It's sort of like, I don't even ask for advice, but people are <laughs> gonna give it to you, right? And I've learned that on social media. It's like, people are gonna tell you their opinion, whether you asked for it or not. Um, so you've gotta be so selective with whose feedback you take on. And you know, one of my favorite quotes by Brene Brown is like, if you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked, then your feedback does not matter. Because I think that's so important. If they don't understand, they don't deserve to give you or not deserve their <laughs> feedback isn't valid like because it's got no no weight they don't quite understand but for me as well what I was thinking about as you're saying that fitness was one of the things that did help me build a lot of confidence and self-esteem early on to probably let some of that self-talk you know sit down and be disproven because I was like I'm good at this like my work ethic is strong in this. I am having success because I'm doing the time and consistency. And I feel like fitness has a lot of like analogies and like correlations with just life in general, because you can't buy it, you can't cheat it. You've got to do the time, you've got to be consistent. You need work ethic, you need um, strategy. It's like, there's so many other elements to it. So I think going down that avenue initially, like it's no surprise that a lot of people in fitness can go on to have successful businesses because they understand time, patience, work ethic, ambition, drive, motivation. They understand that. And I just feel like finding your thing, whether it's fitness, competing, arts, music, singing, relationships, whatever it is, finding that thing that you can thrive in and be good at and build confidence and self-esteem because you are good at it as well like I'm not going to be a musician like you know <laughs> I'm not going to be good at it so I'm never going to build an insane amount of confidence in that area as well so finding that one thing and just being successful at it I think everyone needs to have that to really just have a good level of self-esteem and confidence in general absolutely and 
when we say like be successful at it, you know, apply yourself to mm. the task. We are learning every day, but we have just found that thing that we love doing and it changes as we grow, but it always comes back to helping other people with their health and wellness. You know, we always go back to that. And even last night we were just having a discussion and we both said that for us to wind down rather than watching a movie, you know, we'd rather just play around on the laptop and yep. do bits and pieces. It's our anchor. It grounds us and we need mini anchors. Obviously career can be a big one. You said relationships. That's like our main driver, but then we also need habits that ground us. Mm. So it's easy to get stuck in a rut. It's easy to feel like you just have no control over yourself and then the thoughts come up, but you know, set yourself a routine. For example, going for a morning walk or opening your journal, mm. not looking at your phone. I know they're the traditional ones, but they're just how small that they can be mm. to then compound. Because I know if I miss my morning walk or if I wake up really quick and have to be out the door, I'm scattered, I'm probably more tired, more anxious. Um, and then the thoughts come up and you don't even mean it. So yep. find your anchors. It might be spending time reading a book. Mm -hmm. It might be playing with your pet. You know, you might go watch music. I don't know, I'm bringing up music again. Like <laughs> anything like yep. that or listen to music. We need our anchors as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anchors are so important. But what you said there sort of triggered something for me because I think a lot of people can do that. It's like when they're not feeling themselves, like they're sick or they're run down or they're just out of routine, they the self-talk it's like comes yep. in it's like yep told you so it's like that reinforcing voice the art is though not responding with it you know and i see this coaching a lot as well um but what can tend to happen is like late night messages you know it's like midnight long messages about they're not feeling themselves or whatever it might be it's like that can come up and you know when i'm training even the other coaches in the women's health movement i'm like never respond straight away you know what i mean like never respond to a message that comes through after out of hours just let them sit on it give them 24 hours let them think about it respond check in hey just wanted to check in how are you feeling at the moment it's like oh i had a really good night's sleep like yeah <laughs> right all right just ignore that oh it's like that <laughs> bad text you sent to your boyfriend but we all do it do you know what i mean it's just yeah. about that awareness we need to create space between stimulus and response for ourselves but we can also take this on board when we're, if we're working with people. It's like you need to give them space between stimulus and response. They're the stimulus, you're the response. Don't go straight away because that's they're still in that part. They're still yeah. in that 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 way of thinking. So for yourself, if something happens, right? If I'm sick and I haven't been able to go to the gym all week, I've been eating like crap. I'm traveling. I've been on a plane. Like I'm not gonna like do body shots and like look at myself in the mirror and be like, damn. Like yeah. I probably don't feel like my best self. So don't collect that and say that it's reality though that's not your reality that's just where you are emotionally at the moment go to bed have good sleep like you said routine do things get some early successes in the morning and then check in with yourself yeah and then that's your reality and i just think people need to understand that our self-talk is going to shift based on how we're feeling emotionally oh yeah and don't set yourself up for failure like mm. if you've had a night out drinking oh, don't yeah. go for your deadlift pb the next day just because yeah. it's on your program or don't weigh yourself after christmas because you <laughs> yeah. know what the outcome is going to be you know we have those people that just do yeah. that you you can't set yourself up for failure because sometimes the things are just so obvious it's mm. like don't do it change your schedule yeah absolutely i think the last thing that I really wanted to touch on as well was just celebrate yourself you know I think especially for women 
there's, there was a fine line between arrogance and, and confidence and self-esteem and everything. And it's, it's not arrogant to accept compliments. It's not arrogant to say, you know what? I did do a really good job. Like own your successes physically, mentally, emotionally, professionally. Um, so often we've been taught to deflect compliments as females. Like how often would you say, you look fantastic. You go, oh no, it's just this. Or, I just washed my I hair. I just that's washed all. my hair. That's a common Oh, one. isn't that a common one? Totally. Damn, I feel caught out. I think I do that sometimes. <laughs> But it's so ingrained in us from a young age to deflect compliments. And I just challenge everyone to accept it. Like, what does it feel like to go, oh, thanks very much. I have been looking after myself or whatever it might be. Or thanks, I've worked really hard for this. You know, being able to accept that compliment, it feels a little bit like cringy, a little bit uncomfortable. But if you give a compliment, I hate it when people just like palm it off. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I want you to feel good because it makes me feel good when I give compliments as well and people accept them. Like, I like making people feel confident. So I feel like normalizing that it's okay to accept compliments, give yourself compliments, you know, give yourself affirmation do whatever you need to do to be able to step into that confident side of yourself absolutely but small steps you know if you're having a bad day don't force yourself to look in the mirror and say I'm beautiful I'm smart I'm Mm. strong blah 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 don't force it I love affirmations but affirmations that you believe in okay because we all have based off evidence based off evidence because my biggest lessons in life are from the times that I made mistakes mm. and then I felt like shit because I made those mistakes. And then you look in the hindsight and go, oh, thank God that that happened because that'll never happen again. Yeah. I became this person. It's all learning opportunities. Mm. Now, those voices will come up forever, okay? The higher you guys climb, the more you guys challenge yourself, the voices will come up. Mm. It's survival. We've all imagined you know, something going wrong for a public speaking event or if we're competing something happening on stage you your brain imagines Mm. all those things to try and save you from taking action it is normal because you know often your brain just does go to worst case scenario Mm. no matter what happens if it's a new experience the worst case scenario pops up that would always happen to me so i did look into joe Dispenza's work i did have to research a little bit of neuroscience because i'm like what is this Mm. but it's just a survival mechanism okay so if you have that worst case scenario pop up you can go oh yeah that's just my body and my mind trying to save myself from a new experience because new experiences take energy okay they take learning they take effort it comes down to energy conservation Mm. so you go oh yeah that's the worst case scenario i know why that's popping up don't give it time don't give it light and then get on with it Mm. and get used to feeling in sitting in the nerves Mm. okay even yesterday our first episode we were a bit jittery or whenever we've done a new decision you get jittery Mm. doesn't mean you stop focus on your breath slow down get used to sitting in that feeling and then you just keep getting on with it Mm. yeah absolutely like what you said earlier i feel like it's another devil or a higher devil no wait another higher level the bigger the devil okay yeah (laughs) <laughs> the higher you go up, the more people watch you. And yeah. then, oh, it's like that cringe. It's like, holy shit, I've got reputation now. I've got brand. I've got like these things. I've got a lot more people. It's easy to do something if you've got like one person watching. To some degree, for me, I would feel that. But <laughs> <laughs> not for everyone. But being okay with the fact that the the higher you grow, like the worse it's going to get anyway. So you may as well learn to, to, manage, um, to manage it now. Totally. I mean, we could talk about this forever, but I feel like we just really want to let you know that those voices will come up 
it's it normal. depends on you know the depth of it obviously if it's something you can't overcome mm. see a professional that's why they're there mm. you know we're very lucky to be able to have those resources um but then for the surface level stuff it's just your mind trying to play tricks on you as well and and all of that so for us it still comes up you just learn to sit in it and change your environment if mm. you're around people that make you feel bad see you later yep. have a conversation first obviously but then yep. if if you just if it's not worth the time change your environment yep. feel it and do it anyways yep That's my motto <laughs> done well thanks everyone for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the episode um as we mentioned at the start we just wanted to be able to discuss a little bit about self-talk and give our lens on it and hopefully give you some strategies and just some ways of thinking to help you guys navigate through it because it pops up for everyone thanks guys if you're enjoying the podcast please leave us a five-star review and hit follow so you can stay up to date with our weekly podcast.